Hello everyone, I'm Phineas Crow, and this is Postmodern Crisis. Today we're going to talk a little bit about entitlement. And to do that, I'm going to start by talking about the Borg. If you're not familiar with the Borg, the Borg are a race of cybernetic creatures in the Star Trek universe. And what they are is they're semi-mechanized beings that go around assimilating other races, other cultures, other creatures, and indoctrinating them into the Borg collective. They have two primary sayings that the Borg are known for, and one of those is resistance is futile. The other one is we shall add your distinctiveness to our own. And that second one is the one I want to focus on because that in and of itself isn't a bad idea. Adding your distinctiveness to the distinctiveness of another being is, is the definition of plurality. It's the definition of community. It's the definition of growing and evolving as a people by, by coming together. And it's essentially what most of us as human beings want. We want to come together to create community. It's what societies are built on. Now, the problem with the Borg is when they say we shall add your distinctiveness to our own, they just mean they're going to turn everybody into the same thing. They, they take a much more communistic view of not just all people are equal, but they want to turn everybody into gray-skinned abominations with a bunch of industrial garbage crammed into their skin. That's what the Borg wants to do. Not communists, just the Borg. I don't know if communists want to do it, um, but I know the Borg does. So, so they have this notion of the individual doesn't matter. Individuals in the Borg for a long time were not even given names. They were just given numerical distinctions according to their ship. You know, there was seven of nine, five of twelve. So, so they had this, they had this, the individual doesn't matter notion. And that, that horrifies people. That horrifies us because especially in this day and age, especially in the Western cultures, we have a desire for, for individuality to be, to be the ultimate. We, we are very much a society built of individuals. We are very much a culture of, of celebrity and the individual is what is important and, and we should rail against anything that we don't like. But that's the problem is while the Borg goes in a direction of, of the individual is nothing, the opposite is too far the other direction. Unfortunately, that's, that's where our individualized culture is going. That's where this idea of the individual as God, the individual as the only person who needs to be satisfied, as long as we're walking around with this notion of the world is there to gratify us, we worship at the altar of the individual and turn every person into an island. And the ideas that come out of that are things like everyone should pursue your passion, even if 900,000 people's passion, it's probably way more than that, several million people's passion is to be an actor, to be a singer, to be a whatever. And the other side of that is we should also get what we want. Our want becomes our dogma. We want it, and therefore we should have it. And that's where entitlement comes in. And that's how we end up being as dangerous as the Borg in the opposite direction. Instead of being the individual is nothing, we become the individual is all. And the problem with that is when we look at the world, realistically, the uh, highest life form, and that's that's a phrase I'm really not fond of, human beings have a tendency to want to paint themselves as the quote-unquote highest life form, and we're not. That That's an arbitrary distinction that we made up because we're just apes. We're We're just 
big monkeys. We're just shaved pink animals that aren't any higher, any better, any lower. We're just part of the biological everything. We're just part of the ecosystem. We're just part of the biosphere. That's just us. I mean, but, but we have decided we're somehow more intelligent, more sentient, more, yeah, we're, we're superior. And that gives us the excuse to rape the land and kill animals and, and, and whatever else. Although some, for some reason we don't, we aren't, we don't allow cannibalism, which I'm, I'm hoping the long pig is coming back, but, um, but unfortunately that, that isn't very popular anymore. But anyway, in, in this worship of the individual, the, the point I'm trying to make is that, uh, the greatest animals on earth, the greatest, the greatest species in existence right now isn't people. It's society. That is the largest organism on the planet. And you'll say, well, society is, is just a bunch of people. And that's true. Um, but people are just a bunch of or other organisms as well. Really, we're incubators for bacteria, for all of our superior thought. As soon as our, our bacteria starts dying off, the E. coli that helps us digest and, and the other various, various little creatures that live in, around, and on top of us, as soon as they start to die off, so do we. Uh, so we're really just incubators for them. And in that same vein, we are then incubated on the planet um, and we incubate society. That's why we have laws. The entire notion of laws is to protect society, to protect the community, to protect everyone from the individual. That's what laws are there for. Laws are there to protect society. And society is built to consume people. It It is. That's just what society does is you can't you can't have a cohesive society without losing a few people, without people who work until they die, who give of themselves to further the, the goals of science. Science is part of society to further the goals of law, to further the knowledge of human beings. All of that is to feed society. And unfortunately, that's, that's where we sacrifice individuals. So when we look at that, the largest organism on the planet, and if you want to look, delve deeper into this, there's a book by the same gentleman who wrote Zen and the Art of Motor motorcycle maintenance. Robert M. Piersig, and Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is a genius book, but that's not what I'm trying to talk about here. He also wrote another book called Lila, in which he, he espouses the notion that society is actually the largest organism on the planet, and that when you have moralistic outliers, they create a discordant society. But what I want to talk about here in, in having the, a society that is essentially the top of the food chain, in that it is the one thing that we sacrifice people for, is society, and of course money. We sacrifice a lot of people toward money, but money is really just a tool that society uses to help move people around. It, it's the instrument by which we are altered. But I want to talk about how that plays into entitlement. In needing society, so long as we want to have a society, trying to put the individual above society, we start we start seeing a breakdown. And we're, we're starting to see that, especially in America. We're starting to see the breakdown of, of how this sense of entitlement uh, is starting to gnaw away at society. And some people say it's a good thing, and some people say it's a bad thing. But ultimately, individual worship, you usually get a, an anarchist culture with individualized worship, which is to a degree where we're heading. We, we have a political system, but it's becoming ever more disgusting and corrupt. And people now want guns primarily to protect themselves from the government. And that's that's a strange notion. 
the the founding fathers of the United States were afraid of two primary things, and they were afraid of the populace, and they were afraid of the government. So they they were afraid of a lot, and that that actually makes sense because most of us are afraid of that too. We're we're afraid of both the rabble around us, we're afraid of our neighbors, and we're afraid of the the big overarching government. We're afraid of this this animal of society and the people who comprise the top tiers of that that society. In that it is a predator to us. We have to be very careful because if we run afoul of society, it locks us in a cage, it kills us, it just churns us up, it chews us away. And that's that's just what society does. It doesn't mean to any more than, than as people or as any animal that consumes, we have to consume things. Society has to consume things to survive. But, but it's a very frightening organism, uh, especially for us who are not used to that many apex predators that are immediately dangerous to us. I mean, there's plenty of apex predators out there, but we have, we have a whole society that protects us and guards us from those things and keeps the lights on and the, and the buses running so that we can, we can pretend that we're civilized. But as we move more in this entitled direction, we start to see a, a greater, greater levels of hatred cropping up. We start to see more disgust and more disdain. And right now, the country is, thanks to the upcoming elections, it's hugely divided into the Republican and the Democratic parties. Now, it's divided in a lot of ways. It's divided into uh, black and white or white and minorities. It's divided into the government versus the, the individual. It's divided into, there, there's a lot of divisions going on in our culture. Uh, and this is one of the problems, this is one of the crises that, that we face on a daily basis is, do we feed a society we don't necessarily agree with, or do we worship the individual trying to gratify ourselves? The problem with this is, this is choosing between us and the Borg, because when we feel entitled, when we feel that there are things we deserve, we start to hate the people that we see taking those things away from us. And that's where it's very toxic. You see a lot of people who feel marginalized, and we, we saw it during like the Occupy Wall Street movement where where the problem was the 99% quote unquote were were coming out and saying yes we hate the 1% there is there is yes billions of dollars trillions of dollars a a massive amount 90% or something like that 90% of the world's wealth is controlled by this upper 1% uh, and that's that's the society we live in. That's the culture we have. That's that's the that's the disgusting truth of the world. And the Occupy Wall Street was very much, hey, we are tired of these people who own everything being in control. And that's where you see entitlement is they feel that they're entitled. They have the money. And so they are entitled to treat people however they want because they wield the sword of society. So you have that us versus them mentality, the poor masses versus the very rich. In that case, you have two groups of entitled people saying, well, we deserve the money because we have the money. And the other group saying, you deserve the money because we all deserve the money. We're all people. We're all equal. And this is where entitlement gets really dicey. You have people who think that I'm born. Now, let me, let me say this. I am. I was born a white male, uh, and that basically gives me superpowers because that means that it would be unusual for me to be rejected for a job. Uh, it means people automatically assume I am more competent than I am, um, which is to say at all. I was just born into that, but there, there's a sense of... I deserve all of these things because I'm used to getting them. I'm used to getting preferential treatment, and I don't even notice it. That's, that's the thing is for the most part, when, when a society is built the way ours is that, that just goes, well, a, a white male is somehow more competent, is somehow a better candidate, is somehow a harder worker or a, which isn't true at all. Usually white males are entitled little shits who are sitting on their phone texting all the time. But 
But there's still a, a, a culture that because white people have the money, white people are more likely to hire white people and men tend to have more money right now. Hopefully that's going to change soon, but men tend to have more money and so they hire other men because th there's a level of cronyism that exists in us very deep down. And as a white male, that gives me a sense of entitlement with that, that seeps in that I didn't even realize was there. Now, as an alcoholic and an addict, I have to look at my sense of entitlement because it is a diseased ideology. It, it is truly sick to feel entitled. And that's, that's the problem we have as a white male. Um, there's lots of other white males and white females who, who are out there saying, look, you, you should come into this country. If you come into America, if you come into the United States, you should speak English, even though English is not our official language, just, just because everybody here speaks English, and so you should too. And there's that entitled, well, we do it. Why don't you do it? Uh, and that's the worship of the individual. Well, I do it, and so, so should you, because I am somehow, I'm the white and I'm the right. Um, but there's also that fear of, of people who come in and quote unquote are going to take our jobs or, or they're going to take up our resources. Despite the fact, look, if you want people who are wasting resources, it's the businesses that throw out, you know, hundreds of pounds of food every week. It's the banks that waste money uh, in an endless stream of bad investments, bad ideas, and to, and to gratify the, the 1% that controls the banks. So there's lots of wasted resources that have nothing to do with immigrants and refugees. They see very, 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 very little uh, of the resources that we we think we're entitled to and that's where you get a lot of racism is people who see see these other people as as coming in to compete for for their resources and and that's that's where you have this disappearing middle class that doesn't have enough resources because it's being absorbed by the upper class constantly and yet somehow the 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 lower classes the middle classes, um, and I'm lower middle class myself, we see those below us as a threat. But the reason that people tend to, that white people, and I say white people, I, I don't mean to classify us all together, but being one, I can speak, <laughs> I can speak for my segment of that race and saying, I see a lot of white people who, who do, they go, damn it, these, these Peruvians are coming in and taking our jobs. They're, they're taking our fruit picking and farming jobs. But yeah, so there's this fear, this entitlement breeds this fear that other people are going to take away resources that we're somehow entitled to. We think, we have a tendency to think that just because we were born here, just because we're Americans by birth, that, that we should have access to all these resources and we should have opportunities to use all these resources that should be denied to immigrants and should be denied to people from other countries just because we're here. And that's, that's where you get some of the danger of entitlement. If you want to talk, and America was fucking founded on the notion of entitlement. It really was. You look at you look at the history of America and and right down to the Revolutionary War. Well, we shouldn't we shouldn't pay taxes was the first cry. No taxation without representation was was the battle cry. I mean, that's that's not what the war was about, but you can debate that. But it, it, it was entitlement is, is, hey, we should we should get whatever we want. And so we're going to start a war over it. We should get this land. And so we're going to go and give smallpox blankets to the Native Americans who have it. And then we're going to take it. We're going to slaughter them wholesale just to take their land because we want it. That's entitlement, baby. Uh, and that's what this, that was the foundation this country was built upon is that sense of entitlement, that sense of we have the guns, we have the money, we should get to take it. If you look at the 11th president, James K. Polk, interesting figure and a real son of a bitch. 
Uh, and people don't really look at him too much, which is interesting because he, he was the one who brought about the notion of manifest destiny. Um, and manifest destiny is, is in the same way that religion is meant to be a kind of entitlement. I, I, I am entitled because I talk to God. I talk to this. Religion was essentially invented for the sense of entitlement because it's a great way of saying, no, I am, I am chosen by God. I am empowered by this being that you don't know about and you don't understand, and I do. And therefore, I, I have all this power and authority just because I say I do. And that's, that's the ultimate in entitlement. But James K. Polk came along with the idea of manifest destiny. He led us to war with Mexico, where we just annexed land from, from Mexico because we believed that it was ours. And he, he said, manifest destiny. If we take it, then it is so. And if we are allowed to take it, then it is delivered to us by God. If we try to take something and, and the, the Mexicans stop us from taking it, then it is not our destiny to have it. But if we can take it, it is our destiny to have it. And that's what manifest destiny means is it is destined to happen by virtue of having it happen. Uh, and so it's a, it's a crazy, insane, cruel concept. Um, but that, that's it is, is that, that led to us taking over a huge portion of, of Mexico and, and then, you know, turning it into a, a land of beef steaks and big hats and pink Cadillacs. Or white Cadillacs, I guess. I don't think they do pink Cadillacs anymore. There's not a bunch of Mary Kay uh, people down in Texas. But the mental position of entitlement that that comes from that is just truly... People aren't evil. And, and I don't think there's a person out there who doesn't complain about quote-unquote people. Anybody who works customer service, anybody who's just alive, dealing with people, people are are stupid, they're panicky, they're mean. People as, as a whole... They're just another animal. But, but the reason people aren't, uh, are odious to us isn't because they're evil. They're, I mean, well, we we'll all pretty much agree that, that they're pretty goddamned evil. And we wouldn't mourn if the right kind of people died off en masse just because there'd be more resources for us available. Um, but, for, and, you know, and for some of us, that's, that's the black man. And some of us, that's the brown man. And some of us, that's the one percenters. And, and almost all of us have some sense of entitlement of these people shouldn't have whatever they have. We should take it away from them. But the problem is we all have been told that we should get whatever we want. That we should be allowed that if we, if we work hard, we should get whatever we want. There, there should be a definite payoff. There should be a, a, I did X, Y, and Z. Why am I not getting these things? And, and that's terrible, especially in this country, because this, this is where you get the, the white athletes who, who think they can sexually assault a woman because she rejected them, because they're so used to having things handed to them, their sense of entitlement turns them into rapists. That sense of, I am a man and I want you, you are dressed in a certain way, and that entices me, and so I should be allowed to treat you as a sexual object. I am entitled to do that. So, so now we have entitlement giving us racists, because they feel like, well, somebody is taking up resources. They're taking away our women. There's, there's a good one. Um, that, that it's very archaic, but there's still that sensibility that comes out of, we don't want our women, our breeding stock to be going to somebody of a different color, of a different race. And that sense of entitlement breeds racism. And then you have, cause women, after a fashion, I'm not calling women resources, but they're the things we need to create more people. And, and so because they, they have the incubator for that. 
But the point it being that, so you end up with racism because they could be taking our jobs, taking our women, taking up space, taking up houses that we could otherwise be using, taking up land, taking up whatever. So you have racism because we think we're entitled to the land, women, resources, and whatever. Or men, men. I'm sure there are women out there who, who hate hate other races that take men away because I don't know, guys have yellow fever or something. And I, that's a, that's a disgusting term. Um, but it, it just shows the kind of entitlement that comes along with, or the kind of racial in, insensitivity that comes along with entitlement. Um, and then, then we have rapists, um, as, uh, who are the result of our entitlement. We have oppressors, uh, financial oppressors. So we're talking about the one percent. The one percent feel they're entitled to keep people down and pay them whatever they want, whatever minuscule wage they feel is fair. And usually, you have to have the government, who they control anyway, come in and tell them what to pay people in order to get them to give a fair wage. Otherwise, they just line their pockets. It's just this endless greedy cycle. And that's the problem: is entitlement is is greed dressed up. So it's not just a cute notion of of well, I'm 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 entitled to. I deserve X, Y, and Z. I deserve a a few nice things. I deserve to to live alone. I deserve to have a house. I deserve to have a plot of land that I can work. All of that is greed dressed up as you believing that you somehow should have something when in actuality none of us really deserve anything that is the end of part one of postmodern crisis 124 the wanting demon we will have part two posting next week uh, for the conclusion of that which is about the same length as this one was in the meantime, if you'd like to talk about entitlement, racism, relationships, rape, any of the topics covered today, or any topics that strike your fancy, the deeper, the more personal, the better. Uh, I'm interested to hear your stories. I'm interested to hear your feedback. I'm just interested to hear from you. You can reach out to me at Phineas Crow on gmail.com. That's Phineas with two N's. At Phineas Crow on Twitter with two N's or Facebook.com slash Phineas Crow. Or you can just set up smoke signals and hope I see them. Good luck with that.